Hello, and welcome to Podcasters on Purpose. This is Debbie Adea, your host, and today I am so excited and delighted to share my dear friend with you, Alana Pratt. Alana is an intimacy expert, a global media personality who awakens open-hearted, unapologetic living after heartbreak. Her vulnerability and courage landed her a featured weekly column on the Good Men Project, featured as an icon of influence and as guest expert on Huffington Post, People Magazine, Forbes, The Jenny McCarthy Show, among other national media. This Ivy League grad is the author of four top-selling books. His interviewed Whoopi Goldberg, Alanis Morissette, and Dr. Bernie Siegel, and hosts the edgy podcast, Intimate Conversations, where listeners learn how to find the relationship they deserve. A certified coach, Alana was asked by Lisa Gibbons to coach her during Dancing with the Stars. With over 4.5 million viewers on YouTube, Alana is the go-to authority when struggling to trust again after heartbreak. She offers private coaching and retreats to support her clients have thriving, intimate relationships with themselves first, which naturally attracts their ideal partnerships. And today she's here to talk to us about intimacy through, with, and in podcasting. I'm so excited to have her here today. So welcome, Alana. Oh, that title is just sexy, Debbie. I love <laughs> I love it. I love it too. We were kind of playing in the green room before the show with like, do we do through, do we do we with, or do we do in? And we're like, all three. Do it all. <laughs> do it all. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so great to hear your voice. I've missed you. We've been in different locations for a little bit here. So it's it's just nice to be connected today. It is. I miss our our paddle boarding and kayaking in the ocean together. But just what's amazing about you, Debbie, is you create such instant rapport, intimacy, connection. You just drop in. And we it was just like we chatted yesterday, even though the last time I saw you was like July 4th or whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> same yeah. with you. It just it feels like, you know, we just pick up right where it was like, oh, there we were, and here we are. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And I think that really pulls into what we're talking about today and the power of this intimate connection for a podcast, like for the listener, for them to feel like they can be a fly on the wall or they can be there around the the coffee table or, you know, by candlelight at the couch and, and they're in on a conversation. It really drops the walls I think we normally have in our everyday life of trying to do it right look good, be in control, don't get rejected, like all that stuff that's consciously or subconsciously in the way of just connecting with people. Podcasting is this way where you can drop all of those walls and open up and let something really touch you, move you, affect you, and change your life. And so I'd love to to dive deep into all the ways that podcasters can have their podcasts be even more intimate than they already are. I would love that. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times I'll hear people say, oh, well, I was listening to this podcast and all it was, was like a question answer session. And I feel like I didn't get to talk with the host at all. And it felt very kind of planned and structured. And I really try to avoid that as much as, oh, I don't really try to, I try to create something different. (laughs) I always create what I'm avoiding, but um, (laughs) create something different so that there's more of an experience of, you know, two people talking and at the same time showcasing the person that's the guest, which is actually a really delicate balance and not as easy to do as you think. So I love that we're having this conversation because I feel like it's it's something that so many podcasters, um, if they were doing more of, I think it would even elevate podcasting even more too mm. as a medium and really mm-hmm. touch and inspire and move through with and in. <laughs> <laughs> the world of, of the, the listeners too. So I so agree. <laughs> so Alana, you know, I do want to have you talk a little about your show and what it's about. Well, yes, I've interviewed all sorts of big celebrities like Debbie Adia on my show. So <laughs> we've had a delicious episode. So yeah, my show, even before I started it as a podcast, probably eight years prior, I had been doing it as like a, a blog talk or like a radio. And then when podcasting took off, it took me a kind of a little bit of time to get on the bandwagon, but I, I shifted it to a podcast. So basically, I've been doing maybe four or 500 episodes over the years. And what I've learned 
is that just like what you said, throwing out the preconceived notions, the expectations, the questions, and just dropping in. And one of the keys that I, I do... It's sort of like an unconscious competence that became conscious is when I introduce my guest at the beginning, I do them justice, I read their bio, but then I just really drop into what's true for me about them. And I just say it, how they've touched me, kind of just like what I did naturally when we first came in, like just the space you create. I said it not as a strategy, but just because I love you and it's true. But I just decide that maybe this sounds weird, but this I'm weird and that's fine. <laughs> I decide I love that. literally to make love to their soul, even before the podcast starts. I drop in and I just have this moment of gratitude that I get to interview them and that I get to be in intimate connection with them and I get to make a difference to humanity. And I just let our souls make love, merge, unite, commune, dance, play. And it's a way that's not the strategy of the mind to do it right it's the way of the heart. It's the way of the energy. It's the way of spirit. And so when I finish reading the bio, I just drop into that place and I just honor them, how they've touched me, how they've inspired me. I can't say how many times the guest will say, oh my God, no one's ever introduced me like that. Sometimes they cry mm. right out of the gate because it's so rare that we really stop drop in and connect from the heart right out of the gate. We normally take a little time and make sure it's safe <laughs> and you know make sure they think we're okay and 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 you can waste half of a podcast just so like we a lot of podcasts spend the first 20 30 minutes just bullshitting about this surface way of connecting surface conversations rather than just dropping into what really matters, dropping into the places where there might be taboo dropping into the places that really inspire that threshold of like, maybe I should say this, but if I said everything I really wanted to say, I would be so vulnerable. <laughs> like I just like to drop right into vulnerability, transparency, honesty, rawness, because it gives the listener permission to drop their walls and be that raw and honest with themselves, which is of course the intimate relationship that I'm teaching on my show. Always relationship with self first. If we can't be with our own wobbly parts, insecure <laughs> parts, shameful parts. How the hell do we think we're going to be that non-judgmental, unconditionally loving listener to our beloved, to our friends, to our podcast guests? So yeah, my podcast is very much about talking about intimacy, but also embodying intimacy and teaching it by the way I'm being and honoring and, and blessing my guests. I think that is so beautiful. I just, it's really true that while I'm sitting here with you and you did the intro, it's my heart just started to vibrate. Like I could feel my heart starting to vibrate. So there's an energetic component to what you're doing that I think is so beautiful. Not only your words, like I really feel you when you're doing that part of the, the drop-in. It's just, mm. it's tactile and tangible. And I think it makes for such a good interview because I know when you and I had your interview on The Spiritual Entrepreneur, I was like, mm. Oh, that's one of my favorite. Like, I love, I love that episode. Oh, stop, stop. I'm, my hands are going, come, come, but I'm saying stop. <laughs> but there's something so yummy about that that's just, like you're saying, it's really real. And it's, it's how we live. And I think so often we get into the, you know, any kind of platform, if it's, you know, podcasting or business or a stage or whatever, we're like going on to try and connect with people. And then we put up this, front or facade or something that kind of blocks the connection and it doesn't make any sense. It's not allowing that intimacy through with and in what we're doing when we're doing that. So I, I love the contrast of that and I love how you just take it there and get real right away. Thank you. I was, I was, gonna, I was like <laughs> waiting for your question, but then I was going to say something. I just wanted to acknowledge the why that I don't think it happens very often because in all transparency, I was probably one of the biggest people pleasers on the planet. I was terrified of being rejected. I had not learned to source my worth from the inside out. It was based on getting approval, getting attention, getting love, getting something. And so dropping in to that authentic place was terrifying. <laughs> Because what was on the line was my worth, mm. right? Oh, and so it's really, I want to really honor how challenging, how much bravery it takes, how much courage, not the willpower kind of strength, hit your head against the wall. Anybody can do that. But the real courage and bravery of opening your heart to be real with another 
because you risk rejection. You do. You risk being having somebody not approve of you or disagree with you. And when we don't do our own inner work to have our own back, I imagine there's this little Alana inside my heart and she's wobbly. She's magnificent and creative as well. She's all sorts of Mm -hmm. things, but she gets nervous from time to time. And so my job in life is to soothe her, love her, reparent her, let her know that no matter what happens on the outside, I love her and accept her. Even if we fail, even if everybody, we have no more Facebook followers, even if everybody (laughs) opts out of our list, even if no one listens to our podcast, I love and accept you. Like I, that's the end of every sentence, no matter what she says, but I'm scared and da, 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 da. And I love and accept you, babe. And there's something that over time happens inside where we have our own back. And while we'd prefer, of course, not to be rejected, we're not going to lose our shit over it. We're not going to lose our center. We're not going to give away our power. And when one cultivates that capacity over and over and over and over, it allows the bravery to open the heart and just be real. And it is a risk. You're not in control and you have no idea what's going to happen, but you're the invitation for exquisite, intimate, rapturous, yummy, oh my God, connection. It's the only way to get there Mm. is to open up all the way and let go all the way and be present all the way. It's intense, but it's intensely delicious. (laughs) And it's worth it for me. And I have been rejected a lot. I get hate mail a lot. I have gatekeepers that try to keep a lot of the hate mail away from me because it makes me cry and be sad. But I also get good mail and kind mail and loving mail as well. So I get them to send me that (laughs) to balance it all out. But I think we really want to realize in a world where if you're going to be fully expressed, if you're going to put your walls down, if you're going to open your heart, you're going to be hurt. I'm just sorry. Welcome to life. Mm. There's pain here. There's no escape from pain. And I think a lot of us in the metaphysical communities are like, no, no, no. We need to focus on the good and this positive. <laughs> you just heard me. And, no, no. <laughs> yeah. And so we are inaccurate. We have misunderstood. We're a little wacko because that's not balanced. Yeah. That's not scientifically possible that everything's perfect all the time, but we clamor for more and more of the positive. And no, 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 I'm fine. I really am. This is all for me. No, it definitely is for me. Mm -hmm, Yep. Spiritual bypass, like all the way. It doesn't work. But when you can rest into the beauty of pain, just as much as the beauty of pleasure. Now it's a different kind of beauty, I admit, but there is a beauty when you can sit in the fire of pain, open-hearted, oh, it didn't go very well, and learn to burn in that fire. There's a phoenix that rises of resilience, grit, self-worth, confidence, no matter what happens on the outside. And it, again, builds this courage, bravery, muscle, where we can actually go through life pretty much with our heart open. Perfectly imperfect, of course, but we can do our best. And oh my God, when you can tie that into a podcast interview and make it safe for your guests to say anything, because they know, they don't think, they know, they sense, they feel you're not going to judge them. Hmm. I can't tell you how many of my guests say, I can't believe I'm telling you this. I don't even know if I've told myself this. (laughs) How that happened is that on some level, their soul, their heart, their being, their energy senses, if they tell me, I'm not going to judge them. If they tell me something, I'm not going to kill them off. I'm not going to fix them. I'm not going to reject them. I'm just going to say, got it. Tell me more. (gasps) How many people say that to them in their life? Mm. And then they don't even know what's inside to say, tell me more. So they're discovering really live on the podcast, a deeper level of who they are. (laughs) So hot, yummy, amazing, transformative. And the listener gets to take that ride in their own heart and soul as well. God, it's so beautiful. You're like cracking people open on your show, which I love. I love that when we crack ourselves open, like fully, you know? So let me ask you this. So when someone does that, when they crack open fully and you, you know, you say, God, it, tell me more. And they start to tell you more and they come out and they say all of these things and they know you're not going to judge them, but they may be worried someone else is going to judge them. Cause I've done that before. I've been on a show where I'm like, Oh my God, did I just say all that? <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. I've never told like even my family that, right. You know, like, mm-hmm. and you have that kind of disclosure remorse after like, Oh my God, you know, Is there some tips for someone who may be even like guesting or who's kind of working on this to help them to like deal with that? Like, what did I do kind of feeling right after? Yeah. 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 
Yeah. So the moment that you're fully self-expressed inherently in that moment is an equal scientific balance that just occurred in the universe. You are going to have equal pleasure and pain, Mm -hmm. equal challenge and support from full self-expression and full self-disclosure. That's just science. That's just how vibration works. So you are accurately, intuitively tapping into (laughs) truth. You are going to get judged. Well done. You're right. You are. Kate, that's just how that goes. That's just how that goes. So you're right. You are going to trigger some people who aren't ready to own that in themselves and aren't ready to be inspired by your level of bravery and vulnerability. And they'd rather kill you off rather than do their own work, step up and join you and be inspired by you in that realm. Simultaneously, on the other side, you are going to blow the doors off and change the life trajectory and destiny of some others who are like, oh, yeah, she can do it. I can do it. <laughs> and then they, they just said something different. They sent a different email. They, they said something different to their spouse. They talked to their boss. Something for the rest of their life has changed forever because of you. You're going to have both simultaneous experiences by you being fully you. So that's just fact. That's just science. Now, how do we deal (laughs) with the hate mail? Oh my God, I remember, Debbie, the day that I started to have the courage to be fully self-expressed and I got this, I don't know, like seven paragraph long, black widow, you are the black widow. (laughs) And I was like, I don't even know who the dude was, but apparently everything he's ever hated about women was all my fault. And it just went on and on. And of course I had to read the whole thing, you know, three times, you know, like I didn't just delete, I had to like punish myself and suffer and like, oh my God, I should never have said this. I should just be vanilla, just be vanilla. And so at the time I had a beautiful woman as my mentor for a short period of time, Sark. Uh, She's written so many books, Succulent Wild Women and Mm-hmm. What is it? Mango's naked. She's yeah. just phenomenal. <laughs> she is a fully self-expressed woman and my inspiration. And so I told her, I go, I'm the black widow. <laughs> and, she, and here I was ready for my coaching of, well, you've got to strategize and only say so much, but not too much. Like I was ready for that. And she was, and that wasn't what she said. She was like, <laughs> and I'm like, excuse me. She goes, you're finally showing up. This is a great sign. This means you're actually being you. This is something to celebrate. I'm like, okay, I'll celebrate. (laughs) But she taught me this very beautiful lesson that when you show up, you are going to be judged. So I think we just need to like be real. Welcome to reality. Put on our big girl panties or a big boy boxing shorts and just like, okay, this is going to go down. And so first is to realize it own it. Don't be surprised by it. Don't try to avoid it. Don't try to resist it. It is what it is. Okay. You pull off a bandaid, it's going to hurt. You know, don't resist it. Just pull it off. Okay, fine. Second, go inside. Like I was saying before to that little you, that little you that's like, the feelings are hurt. So instead of shoving that down and going on Facebook and getting busy and whacking off on porn or buying a few more purses (laughs) or pairs of shoes or whatever we do or drink or drugs or, you know, all the things that we, we do to avoid our emotions, please don't do that. Or just do it for a few minutes. And then, <laughs> then, then go towards little you and go, oh my God, and put your hand on your heart or your hand on your belly or wherever that somatic uh, happens in your body, connect in, hold them. I, I hear you. You have every right to feel this way. I acknowledge that they were mean. Yes, they were very mean. And you have every right to be sad or mad or scared or ashamed or whatever you're feeling tell me more. And you just keep letting this part of you communicate. You receive the communication with acknowledgement. Tell me more over and over and over. Then it will be quiet. The voice will be done. And that'll maybe be three or four or five breaths. Keep breathing. Keep connecting with your image in your mind of seeing that little one and holding them. Keep feeling your body and holding your body. We want all the four elements to be checked off the boxes as we're going in to soothe ourselves. We want to see the image of holding little you in our arms. We want to think the thoughts. Tell me more. I acknowledge you. You have every right to feel that. All of those. We want to feel the emotions simultaneously of the that's going on inside and the parental soothing, compassionate emotions of I got you, I got you. Takes practice, but you know, feel everything. And then lastly, the body sensation. Those are the four elements. Help the body. The body's been attacked. The body thinks it's going to die. Hang on to the body. It's going to be fine. And you'll find that by doing this for three, four, five, six, seven seconds, not days or weeks, but if you really sit in the fire, 
something inside is soothed. A whole new group of hormones are released that soothe you into connection with self. You calm down, you breathe calmer, and then all of a sudden there's wisdom. Mm. There's a new capacity. We could call it resilience or grit. We can maybe have an awareness that we just triggered them on their own journey and it's not personal. And that's a good thing. We just woke them up, right? You'll have an awareness. You'll become wiser, stronger, more compassionate, and more resilient if you continue to be this way with yourself when you get judged. And if you're fully self-expressed, that probably will happen once a day. <laughs> um, maybe several times Once an hour. No. <laughs> no, it could. If you're doing an interview an hour, yeah, it could. So, And then the beauty is you'll be able to bring that into your lovemaking. You'll be able to bring that into your communications with your children. You'll be able to bring that into your conversations with uh, new clients that you're inviting to work with you in your business. You'll be able to bring it into conversations where you're pitching yourself on a, on a show or on a stage or what have you. Everywhere in your life, you'll now have this new level of wisdom, compassion, and resilience. And you'll be like, huh, I'm feeling kind of confident for no reason. <laughs> feeling kind of badass. And slowly but surely, people are like, have you lost 10 pounds? Like, did you get a facelift? Like, what's, what, did you get a new haircut? Like, what's up with you? You have this different spring in your step. You have this new radiance about you. You have this magnetism. Because on some level, you're learning not to give a shit. <laughs> and it's so... Oh, fun when you don't give a shit. And of course you're human and I don't like people that don't like me. Like, oh, okay, that, it hurts my feelings a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I bounce back pretty quick. And then I find people that do like me for me. Like my beautiful friend, yes, Debbie. Love you. And we see each other. And then you find your tribe and you hang out with your tribe. Yeah. God, that's so important to having having that kind of womb of of love around you. You know, that kind of safe, sacred love bubble <laughs> of your tribe, right? Huge. Yeah, abs absolutely. This technique is fantastic because, you know, no matter what, like if you've had an episode, even if you're the, you know, if you're the podcaster and you've had an episode and you are feeling like not good about it or something's popping up, you can just do this, right? Anytime. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So tell us that I want to hear, because I know you have, you're like absolutely the intimacy expert. This is your thing. What would you say for like wanting to create more intimacy with a listener that's, that's joining you? Like, what are some of the things that you do in, in the conversations with, is it just them watch, listening in or is there some other things that maybe you're doing behind the scenes that I haven't heard about yet? Well, this is great because I'm having my unconscious competence become conscious yes. as I'm saying what <laughs> I'm doing here. We're deconstructing the genius in you. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. Thank you, love. So one of the things when a guest is sharing me as the interviewer and it really moves me. I don't shut the fuck up about it. I say something. I'm like, hang on just a second. Wow, that's really touching me. Mm. Holy. Tell me more. So all of a sudden, I'm being willing to be vulnerable first. I'm being willing to be honest. I'm willing to put my wall down and share that something's coming up for me. And they get to be with that level of transparency. And it invites them to go deeper. Mm. Or if I want to say maybe like a funny sexual joke that maybe I think, oh, that's probably a little too sexual. Like we shouldn't say <laughs> through, in, and with. It's like we should say all of that to me, but I'm like, no, let's say it, right? So maybe it's about being moved emotionally. Maybe it's about being a little naughty. <laughs> maybe it's about wanting to ask a question, but you're like, you, the next thought in your head is, oh, no, I can't ask that. It's like, ask it. <laughs> like these little moments to go deeper in any of these directions choose to give yourself permission to be undone, inside out, open, transparent in this connection, always with the intention of the greatest good for all, always with the intention for upliftment of all. So you've already put that intention out there and you choose. And so you just let yourself be raw in this conversation. And that seems to me to bring out the best in my guest. And what I didn't know that it did is it builds humongous trust from the listenership of the host, of me. I didn't understand that one of the greatest uh, lead generators for me as a coach was me actually being the interviewer on my show. And I'm like, eh? I'm featuring everybody else. I'm making everybody else go coach with everybody else. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> this is going to help me get more business. But because I was so real, I was willing to be the master where I'm the master and the student where I'm the student. 
knowing what I know and when I don't, being willing to be vulnerable and ask a question, not have it all together, mm-hmm. that actually created massive trust and respect in people that wanted to work with me. Because while we, in our fearful state, want to have the solution and not have to sweat or hurt or have anything, like, let's just fix this and move on. Like, maybe that's what our ego wants. But our soul actually knows better and knows that we're going to have to go deep to heal this. And is terrified to reveal the shadow mm. and really requires that level of trust to surrender all the way. And so if you are a podcaster who is also a coach or leads retreats and is looking for business, there is the direct approach of, you know, pitching your, your services or, or, you know, inviting that, you know, prospect call and, and let's get on the phone and talk about what's possible. Like that's still cool. You know, masculine, feminine energy, neither one is better. So, but the more feminine energy side is more of that invitation that receptive allowance. And I think being a podcaster, you can show an equal balance of your credibility and your vulnerability that builds magnificent trust and brings forth, attracts ideal clients that really honor the depth of you and want to bring the depth of them to your work together. Totally. I love that. That's so beautiful. And it's it's almost like it comes in, in phases, I think, as you're going through podcasting. I love your perspective on this because when I uh, was first doing like the spiritual entrepreneur, there'd be things people would be talking about. And I'm like, I, I remember one of them was like uh, Pomodoros, right? You know, where you do the little uh, sprints with time. And I'm like, what's that? A restaurant? <laughs> Because it means tomato, right? Or something. I don't know. No, no. I would I would have said the I same know. thing. I didn't know. I, no, I don't know. And so uh, I had this guy on who I didn't really know very well, but he's he's great. He's really good at what he does. And he was talking about pomodoros. He's like, do you know what those are? I'm like, what is that? A restaurant? And I just remember thinking, well, that was stupid. Like, why did I say that? And then afterwards you have this choice point. Do I edit it out or do I leave it in? Right. And I'm like, and I left it in. And I remember being like, oh my God, I really should have edited that out. And then I get this comment from my friend, ah, Pomodoro's a restaurant. And they're like laughing with tears, you know, whatever. Like, it's just part of being who we are. Like we learn things as we go, but I just, there are going to be points, right? I think along the way where we have these like shades of uh, mm. Like being willing to be, especially if you're starting up, not necessarily coming from like, I'm comfortable being seen on all levels, which I think a lot of people yeah. have that fear. I know I've had it and continue to have it at times. So I think, you know, that happens. What's your feeling on that? I know you kind of cracked open most of the time. <laughs> so- well, Yes, you, you've met the after the court battle, Alana, not the during the court <laughs> battle, Alana. So, um, oh my God, I'll tell you a story. Yeah, so probably, I always think of how many houses ago. So one, two, three, four houses ago. So that's probably a good six to 10 years ago. There I was sitting at my coffee table in the living room doing my, in my first video slash audio. It was a radio show then before it was my podcast. And I was interviewing Sheila Kelly of S Factor. And oh my God, I had wanted to interview her for so long, like one of my heroes. And I hadn't started pole dancing yet. So oh my God, that probably means it's 10 years ago at this point then. Okay, so about 10 years ago. And she's talking about how she came into being this very successful pole dancing company. And she's you know been on Oprah and all this type of stuff that she had. She's an actress. And she was doing the role of a stripper And so she went into the strip clubs to learn from the professionals on how to dance and had no idea the empowerment and the healing of shame into the naughty provocateur. And just, and she's sharing all of this. And I am thinking, holy shit, am I going to say it? No, don't say it. Am I going to say it? No, don't say it. And it's like, I'm having this conversation with myself as I'm talking with her. And I just had this moment where I just decided to just fuck it. I said, Sheila, when I went to Japan in my early 20s, I was a topless dancer. And I just, I was ready for the lightning to strike the house. I was ready for everyone instantly to opt out of my list. I was ready to be just like, somebody was going to walk through the front door and put me in jail. Like I was like, and she's like, just like when um, Sark said she celebrated the, the Black Widow, she was like, that's awesome. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. And so, And I told her, well, I said, it really was awesome when I was over there dancing with all of these beautiful French and Australian girls who their culture doesn't shame boobies. Mm -hmm. It doesn't shame bodies. Bodies are are divine. 
gorgeous. And I loved who I was dancing with these beautiful women. And, and I am a divine temple. Yeah. And sexuality is sacred. And my radiance is healing. I said, I, I felt so alive. And then I went back to the States. And I was there with my first husband, fiance at the time. And all of his friends would look at me and they're like, hey, hey, what kind of dancer? And I chose, nobody put a gun to my head. I chose to receive their judgment and shame myself mm-hmm. and justify myself and say, oh, yeah, yeah, but I, I go to Columbia University. I'm an Ivy League, you know, grad, you know. Mm-hmm. I shamed me. They invited me to shame me. They might have been shaming me or looking at me like a tall glass of water or not honoring me. Okay, that's them. But I was the one that took it on. I was the one that decided they were right and I was bad and wrong. And so I shared all this with Sheila live in the interview <laughs> on the, you know, yeah, right. and on video too. So I was crying and oh my God. And she's like, baby girl, get your ass into my class. We need to transform this shame into your power and your beauty and your sacredness and your naughtiness. And I spent the next six to seven years, you know, three to four times a week in class, finally working through and returning stronger than ever, more embodied than ever, my sacredness of my body and my sexuality. It became my church to get through all of the hell I was going through with the court battle and how they were trying to make me wrong for being an intimacy expert and and trying to shame me that I was like a bad mother because I talked about sex and maybe I'm even a prostitute, your honor, like just bullshit. I had a place to process my emotions in a sacred community of women who loved me no matter what. And if I hadn't, oh, it just makes me, I don't even know why this wants me to make me cry right now, Debbie, but like if I didn't have the courage back then in front of the world, the internet, to share my truth with a sister that honored me, I don't know who I'd be right now. I don't know if I ever would have given myself that gift. That court battle might've really taken me down. That bitterness might have eaten me up. But I want to say to any of the podcasters out there, if there's a moment when you're like, oh, here's a truth, should I share it? Everybody can choose their own moment to to reveal the depth of who they are. Mm. But I'm so glad and proud that I was able to do that that day because it literally changed the trajectory of my life. And then when I started, the emails started coming in and the responses to the newsletters and the response came in. I was like, oh, it's going to happen. And it was like this burst of communications. This guy said, oh my God, I used to work for Club Med and these women would give me a hundred bucks if I would dance for them in my underwear. I've never told anybody that. And like, (laughs) I would get all these stories of shame and taboo stuck inside the body, eating away at our well-being and our confidence. It was like this landslide of permission and intimacy in my community where everybody got to reveal and release shame and step into their glory. Yeah, it was phenomenal. Mm, I'm so grateful that you had that sister there because the world wouldn't be the same without you. Like you just, and how you show up, you're just, you're like radiant safe place to land for people and so much love and acceptance, you know, like if there's anyone in my life that I feel like I could just say, blah, <laughs> and be like, Oh, you know, <laughs> it's, you know, it's you. I love you, I Debbie, love you, no too. matter what you tell I me. Exactly. I feel safe. It's like, you're such a yummy, warm, beautiful, like, you know, self-love mm, advocate. We'll call you that. <laughs> you just advocates, not even the word self-love yummy spot. Like, I just feel like you just, <laughs> You call that forth. So thank you. And I'm so grateful for that, that you had that. And can you, you're talking about the the court battle and I'm I'm not sure that the listener today knows what that is. Can you tell them, I know what it is, but. Oh, yes. Just this sort of whammy. I led us (laughs) into the conversation. (laughs) Yes. So in my journey, I have a 16 year old, beautiful boy. When he was one, I discovered that I married from a closed heart. My mom was dying and I had the bright idea rather than processing my grief that getting married and having a baby was going to make it all better. And so I didn't do, we'll call it my due diligence before I got married. And by the time my son was one, I discovered that my son's father was a very angry man and I divorced him. It didn't go over well. I had promised to give my life to him and and live with him forever, you know, till death do do us part. And from his point of view, I, I broke my word. I lied to him and I humiliated him. And based on his closed heart, because it was two closed hearts finding each other, right? Mm-hmm. 
his close heart decided that revenge was the answer. And it was a 12-year court battle with his intention to take our son away from me forever. Shame me, humiliate me, succeeded in turning my father against me, my sister against me. My mom had just died, as I mentioned. Uh, Friends turned against me, testified against me. It was a dark night of the soul. It was a long-ass dark night of the soul. And the beauty of it all was that he was my spiritual master teacher because he showed me where I was still so attached to people liking me, people approving of me. Every last little bit, even my son at one point, we're totally close now, but at some point he's like, dad's right, you're crazy and I'm out of here. And he left and it was about six months of like zero contact and there was nowhere left to turn. Even my son had rejected me. There was nothing left to look good about. Nothing left to be proud of, nothing to seek on the outside, gone. And so the only way to turn was in, into myself, to find this oneness, this intimate relationship with my ashamed parts, humiliated parts, terrified parts, destroyed parts, devastated parts, and learn to love myself unconditionally. Even if my son never spoke to me again, even if all of my clients turned against me, even if I not that there's anything wrong with working at Starbucks, but even if I decided to say, fine, I'm going to go work at Starbucks and that's, I'm going to give up my entrepreneurial dreams. I still love and accept myself. And so thank you that all that happened because this yummy safe spot to be with me, I believe it has been cultivated by me creating that yummy safe spot for myself on the inside. And then of course, once that was clunked in, healed in, you know, finally home inside, There wasn't any uh, judgment of my son left. There was no guilt tripping of my son. There was no, how could you left? It was just, I get it. He's doing his best. The poor kid's been through, you know, his entire existence has been in in a court battle and in a a courthouse and social services and and therapists and, and like he's had no escape. He's just doing his best. He's just doing his best to create peace. And so when he finally called, he's like, you know what? This is what we need, mom. I gotta let dad win. I gotta live with dad. You got to just back right off. Don't even be on the emails with school. Don't exercise any of your legal rights. Just let me run the show. And I said, okay. So we see each other on Zoom. From time to time, we see each other secretly when I'm back in town. And I just let him and his dad do their thing. And what's funny is that I'm closer to my son than ever. He tells me everything. He calls me when he really needs me. And he gets to be he's 16 now, 6'4", big, big kid. He gets to be with a man, growing up with a man. And where he respects his dad, he respects his dad. And where he's not maybe thrilled with his dad's choices, he gets to decide, not from me saying, your dad, no, no, no. Like, no, <laughs> I don't say anything. He gets to decide for himself if he wants to be like his dad or not and create his own definition of manhood. And I get to rest in gratitude of the lessons my ex-husband brought and be grateful that he's taking care of our son, feeding him and housing him and making sure he gets his schoolwork done while I share my story with you and listeners of we don't need to judge ourselves no matter how the custody battle went down. I'm not a bad mother because it looks like this and he's not a bad father. Just doing our best here as we grow. Mm, That's so beautiful. I think all of us have some version of the dark night of the soul story too, that I think most people cloak. I know, I think it's so beautiful that you're so open about everything and that you share because it gives other people permission when we're willing to go there first. You know, I was just talking about like the Pomodoro thing early on when I was nervous and embarrassed about that. Well, like, you know, two weeks ago I had a birthing expert on and I was like, and she was talking about conscious birthing and I was on a different show. And and Uh I was like, the same moment. Do I share? Do I not share? And I was like, "Mm, can we talk about pregnancy loss? Cause I've had eight miscarriages and I just went there and I just said, and I was like, I can't believe I just said that. What? And I'm like getting all teary as I'm talking. Oh, sweetie. Yeah. And I normally wouldn't talk about that on like, that's not even something I talk about with everyone I know. Not everyone knows that. And so, but the response was like an overwhelming love and support for what had happened. And I think there's a lot of people who have that story where they've had a pregnancy yeah. loss, but it's not talked about because it's something that is so kind of taboo to speak about. Yeah. And so I yeah. think it, it comes in gradients too. Like I think, I know for me, even just speaking spiritually was a big thing when my show came out and now it's part of my day-to-day conversation. I can't imagine having one without it. <laughs> mm. 
But I think that's how like the level of intimacy too, it can be a gradient unfolding as you're going. You're awesome because you just like cracked right in, you know? Mm. But I think a lot of people too will tiptoe their way. What's your take on that? Yeah. For a while, there was another blog talk show or a podcast show that I did called Intimate Revelations, where nothing is taboo. Mm-hmm. And it didn't take off. But the idea of claiming that as the title and leading with that. And what I ended up doing was anonymously having my clients on as my guests and sharing the taboos they brought to me and what it was like in our coaching sanctuary to not be judged and to literally integrate that shame or unresolved anger, sadness, betrayal. Uh, I can't even, like a lot of us get stuck in, I can't believe this. How could they do this? And we're, we're stuck in the why. And we can't, we don't drop beneath that into the owl Mm -hmm. and process the pain. And then we don't allow the integration of what that lesson was really meant for us. We just get stuck in this repeating question of like, what the fuck, what the fuck, right? (laughs) And so that show was so beautiful to give all these different examples of just really tough stuff people have gone through and all the way through to the other side and hearing the stories of now that that's been integrated. Now that that's been processed, the steps they're taking, the communications they're having, the miracles that are showing up in their life, their self-worth and net worth and, and, you know, getting promotions, the beloved they meet, like the real change that can occur. And it just feeds back into me with my mission, vision, and, and purpose, you know, healed hearts, heal hearts. You know how they say hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. Well, healed hearts heal hearts. When we can literally, nothing is taboo, you're unstoppable. That's how that rolls. And in fact, you don't even know this yet because it's just happening right now. I'm actually starting a nonprofit arm of my business mm. called Healed Hearts, Healed Hearts. Yay. Like that's, yeah, like to, so I can support even more people who have been shamed living in a state of taboo because society hasn't caught up yet with learning how to to release judgment, to release rejection, integrate these very challenging experiences into their superpower, <laughs> into the gift, into why they're on the planet. There's nothing wrong here. What's right about this? And like, and to honor these souls as one of the bravest ones willing to come in and take on this life experience and integrate it and get out the other side and set other people free. So, um, yeah, I'm all about being a, a way shower Mm. and it's just also efficient, Debbie, (laughs) because like when I have to think about what I need to lie about, what I need to remember to say, what I need, it's very exhausting for me. And so when I just go like, I'm just going to be honest all the time and then I don't have to spend any energy remembering who I told what to and what I should say and what I shouldn't. It's just easier. Totally agree with you on that. So if someone comes on your show and they do kind of share something that's been shameful for them or whatever, and they're really, they are kind of going more intimate because you're going to automatically create that space. How do you take it and move it into like more of a, I don't know, like a healed space? You just say, tell me more and let it all come out. And that's how you move it through or what's... Well, this is where I sort of blend my masterful skills as a coach and an interviewer. Mm-hmm. Like I can't cook, <laughs> can't do a lot of things. I need accountants. I can't do technology. Like can't make my phone work, all that stuff. But you like can stand up paddleboard. My, <laughs> I can stand up paddleboard. I can stand up paddleboard. I can dance on a pole. <laughs> I can interview and coach really well. So this is where I sort of blend and I dance. Because I have to remember that they're the guest. I'm featuring them. They're meant to be credible Mm -hmm. and honored under every circumstance. But here I have them in this very vulnerable, wobbly, open space where they're sharing something they've never shared with another or sometimes even themselves. And so I make sure I, I let them speak and I don't overrun it and try to fix it and put a cherry on top and sprinkle on top of the ice cream cone of shit. Like I don't overrun them. I give them space to talk and talk. And here's the deal. Questions are powerful. Questions are invitations. So I might say, tell me more for a little bit. And then, and I might acknowledge the pain, the shame, the anger. I might even really get in there and I'm like, do you have a voodoo doll? Do you have some like, do you have like spears that you putting in the voodoo doll? Like I might really help them express and process everything that needs to be said about that. And then through questions, just like I do in a coaching session, I'll say, maybe this sounds a little bonkers here, but like, what do you think the gift was in that? If you were the universe, 
saying, here's the perfect experience to get them into their strength, their resilience, their compassion, their wisdom. What do you think was right about this? What do you think the gift was? If this hellish person, demon, demonic, (laughs) was actually your greatest spiritual teacher, what do you think they were inviting to emerge from within you? So I'll start to ask questions like that rather than tell them. Like, let them have the breakthrough for themselves. Let them own it themselves. And of course, if they're not getting it, if they're just stuck in, well, they're just an asshole and that's that, then I'll go vulnerable. I'll go, well, you know, I really thought the same thing about my ex. I wanted the aliens to come and abduct them. That's for (laughs) sure. I called Vinny and I put down that phone five times at least. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I'll make a joke. I'll call one on myself. And then I will share how I had a different point of view, insight, revelation. And then I'll say something like, well, does that resonate for you at all? And then maybe that will, you know, awaken this new insight. And then it's also, I'm simultaneously asking all the listeners that very same question at the same time, of course, right? Because everyone has somebody that has done you wrong. And I can take everybody on this interview slash coaching journey. Mm. And I think that's why my ideal clients find me this way. They're like, whoa, she's vulnerable. She's walking her talk. And she was pretty masterful there, how she wove that conversation into a breakthrough and gratitude Mm -hmm. from tragedy to triumph. Holy shit, she's an alchemical magician. Hmm. (laughs) I feel safe enough to reach out and, and do the work with her. So yeah, that's how I do it. It's beautiful. I love that. That's really empowering and powerful. So for let's talk about the flip side of intimacy a little bit. So I imagine because you have a very successful show that you have a lot of people that want to be on it, right? So mm-hmm. setting kind of boundaries too, I think around the intimacy, like how do you kind of manage some of those aspects of having a show that is as successful as yours? Mm. It's such a great question because my evolution is happening right along with the show in real time. <laughs> so, so in the past, it was like, do you have a checkbook and a pulse or do you have like a, do you have like a, anything like, let's be on the show. Like that was way off in the beginning. Like I was seeking guests, right? Anybody would do. <laughs> and then my list is, you know, almost 40,000 and my social media following over like 40,000. So it's not humongous, but it's getting up there. And so if somebody doesn't have a following, but they want me to mail to my following that's incongruent. It's not really fair. I've worked my ass off for 20 years to build that. So I started to have, what do you call it? Like you have need to have 5,000 people or more on your list and in your social media following. Mm -hmm. You need to be willing to to mail to your list that this is the interview and I'm going to mail for you. Like, so I started to have these hoops they had to jump through or or things they had to be credible enough to be on the show. That was like one of the first tiers. And then I also gave myself permission to not air something. Mm. Even if I did the whole interview and the whole thing, but at the end of it all, I had an icky feeling in my stomach. They talked at me, not with me. They threw me under the bus. They did it. Something happened where I was just like, gross me out. I gave myself permission not to air the interview. So that was also a very empowering choice. Mm. And now we're speaking in 2019. And so in 2020, what I've decided to do instead of a weekly guest, it's going to be a monthly guest. And I'm going to re-air a lot of content that is a has in the past just been a product, like private coaching curriculum interviews or private summits where you had to buy in $97 to get all the interviews from the summit. Basically, my, my library of the best interviews I have, I'm also going to be re-airing those for free rather than make people pay for them. So I'm going to do one big interview with a larger name, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to do re-airing of my other large interviews from the past that used to only be accessed through payment now will be free. And then lastly, I'm going to be airing Q&A. My YouTube channel is almost 5 million now and I just basically answer people's questions. So I'm going to, it's so sweet, Debbie. (laughs) Do you know um, Lisa Bilyeu and Tom, like Impact Theory and Women of Impact? They're these lovely people and they've offered that I can use their studio when they're not using it to I'm just like, oh my God, thank you. (laughs) So I am going to go in and shoot a bunch of Q&A lit very well in a lovely studio (laughs) looking so gorgeous. And I'm going to to have those as well so I can provide more value and answer people's questions, kind of like in themed questions. So anyways, what I'm trying to say is I'm, I'm evolving over time. 
And the guests are getting a higher and higher caliber and I'm getting on higher and higher caliber uh, shows and I'm just allowing there to be new boundaries and uh, new hoops to jump through in order to be on the show. And I just have trusted when I start to get a nauseousness, something starts to feel fake. Something Mm. starts to feel a little cranky when I'm feeling more taken advantage of than equal contribution. Whenever that starts to happen in my business with my coaching packages, with my podcast, even in relationships. You know, I don't know about you, Debbie, but I've got some people that just need their Aladdin fix, which is really saying, I don't want to pay for a coaching session. I just want to take you for lunch for 20 bucks and suck your energy dry. Like I'm no, (laughs) I'm worthy of being valued. And again, along with this is going to become equal judgment and equal praise. So I have to take a deep, you know, big breath. Like as I shift, maybe people will be mad and go, well, don't you think you're all of that in a bag of chips? Yeah, I do actually. Thank you. (laughs) And I've worked my ass off and I continue to do the work internally. I have three coaches. I I can't see my blind spots to save my life, but I'm a damn good coach. So I walk my talk and I've earned this next phase of my contribution and being contributed to. So I'm just... I'm unfolding as an open book as I move forward in my podcast. I still honor you for that. And so do you do that same practice with putting your hands on your body and working yourself through anything that comes up around that that you were sharing earlier? Oh, no, I'm so over that. I'm so beyond oh, that. No. <laughs> I got this. No, because I was thinking what a great, what a great thing to use all the time. Like that's just powerful. That's a wonderful practice that I do. And I encourage everyone to do is uh, in the morning or in the evening, I always have a hand on my heart and a hand on my yoni. You don't have to, Mm -hmm. you can have it on your belly or your balls or whatever. (laughs) Something about the heart. I don't know why, but the harmony of heart and sacred creativity Mm -hmm. is very powerful for me. So put the hands on the body. That's, and then I say sweet self. Is there anything I haven't slowed down enough to hear that you want to let me know? Mm. And I just listen. And it's a wonderful embodied practice of listening, not just to the spinning mind, but the whisper of the soul, the ache of the body, the truth that I haven't heard. And right now, as we're recording this interview, I'm on sabbatical. So I'm working two days in the business, three days on the business. And I actually do this thing called like relax <laughs> this new thing on the weekends. Like, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's a totally strange thing. I know it's crazy. And I honestly had a lot of trouble. Like I had trouble reading a book because I have a to-do list now. There's more, this is not the most efficient use of my time. I should be listening to a personal growth thing right now. I just like sit and go through the, it was very painful. It sounds maybe bonkers, but it was very painful just to trust that I could relax and I would be taken care of. Mm. I had not felt that way in a long time. So yeah, I I walk my talk with these practices. Yeah. I love it. And so I wanted to go back to something you were talking about with not airing the episode and payment, those two things. So when you not air the episode, do you just tell them I'm not airing it? Is there like a understanding in advance? Like, how do you set that boundary? Because I've had that experience before where I'm like, oh yeah, this really, no. Like, (laughs) how do you set that boundary? I put in the initial sort of application form Mm -hmm. a clause that says, if for any reason this doesn't work for both parties, I have the right not to air it. I love that. I just put it right in there. So when they're applying, that's right there. I didn't do that until I had my first one that I was too embarrassed to air. And then I had this integrity thing that I said I was going to air it, but I didn't want to. And I'm like, okay, well, how can I solve that? Just put a clause in. That says, you know, I have the right to decide to air this or not. Beautiful. I think that's so important because I've heard that a lot with podcasters. They don't know what to do. I love that as the solution. And then for payment. So did you actually have like some pay gated content or like what was that set up? I'm curious. Oh yeah. Like I have so many, um, I did a, like a membership for five years where every single month the members would get like a video, a guided meditation and a, an exclusive interview with somebody. Mm. So these interviews weren't on my radio show or podcast. They were just for membership content, hundreds of these things. And also I did a, a summit and, you know, first, you know, you need to, it's free while you're listening to the summit, but then it's a, it's a charge. It's like $97 for all of the, the summit interviews, both on camera and on audio. And so it was just sitting there and I have, I have so much content just sitting mm-hmm. there, not doing anything. And it's very, very valuable. So I, I, <laughs> 
I try things all the time and I fail a lot and then I try again. So I did this launch over the summer last summer and I was going to give away my library for like one tenth the value and you get all the different books and you get the interviews and you get the guided meditations and I've put it into the, the love track, the power track, <laughs> the freedom track. I had to do all this work. I sold three. Ouch. Oh. I'm like, okay, that does not go work. <laughs> so again, you just grab little Alana and she's like, that was a lot of work for nothing. And I'm going, oh, it was, wasn't it? Nobody values us. I know. Let's fuck them all. Like, you know, I had my moments. had my moments. And then I'm like, okay, what's right about this? You know, eventually I get there. So what's right about this? Well, now it's a bonus when people are going to be signing up for my retreats in 2020 that they're going to have all this content. Let's say the retreat's five months from now. Brilliant. You have all this content for, to let me love on you if you choose to listen to it, for no cost whatsoever while we're prepping for the retreat. So that's one way I'm using the library. So it's not just a waste of time that we organized it in this way. And then the other way, I've decided to take the top 12 of the summit, the top 12 of my old Redefining Sexuality membership, and the top 12 of my Get Her to Say Yes, my men's membership, all those interviews, and I'm putting them out on iTunes and YouTube. Mm, brilliant. So that's a choice that I'm making because the content is just too damn good to hide. And if people don't want to pay for it this way, I just trust the universe will take care of me. Always has and always will. The bills are always paid somehow. <laughs> the lights are always on somehow. <laughs> Some months are way more flush than others, but like, I'm just going to give it and trust that all my needs are met. Mm, that's so beautiful. I just love how you roll too. You just really kind of, oh, well, let's do this. And then if this isn't you know, let's do this. I think that's such the, the path of the podcaster and the entrepreneur and, the, <laughs> you know, I love it. So Alana, I could talk to you all day and I usually love to whenever I can. <laughs> and I know we're coming up on our time. So I want to ask you if you could leave the podcaster listening in with one piece of advice on their journey of podcasting, what would it be? Mm. Your voice matters. Mm. There's only one of you there will never be another one of you. You are not just matter, like you're needed, like you're intended to be here. Mm -hmm. And that spirit is breathing you, just like this interview in you as you threw you with you, whatever. <laughs> like you are being ignited by this evolutionary spark of the divine that comes through your communications. And if you are called to be a podcaster, your voice is literally being fueled by evolution itself. Don't you dare shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, speak, give, do this, enjoy the journey, fall down, get back up again, love yourself. Please know that your voice matters and give. Don't worry about the outcome. The outcome is going to be the outcome. And we've already decided that some of them are going to hate you and some of them are going to love you. Okay, that's that. Fine. <laughs> So we're going to let go of that and just remember the why and give your unique gift. It doesn't matter if one person or a million persons listens because we're all one at the end of the day. And that one person, every single thing in their life will be different because of that conversation they heard with you. So please share that conversation. Mm, that's so beautiful. You're so yummy. Mm -hmm. And if the podcaster would like to get more of you and your podcast and your work, where would they go? Thank you. So Intimate Conversations is the name on iTunes. Also, if you go to my YouTube channel, which is my name, Alana Pratt, there's a lot of them are on video. So you can see the beautiful Debbie <laughs> among others. And then my website is my name, alanapratt.com. It's going to be under construction and a fresh new face coming up in the next month. So just go there. There'll be lots of new gifts there. I've created this intimacy blind spot quiz, the B spot. Let's find your B spot, the blind spot, the intimacy blind spot. Isn't that kind of naughty? <laughs> <laughs> so fun. <laughs> so, lots of cool shit that's uh, coming down the pike for people. So yeah, just be in my world, stay in my world and let me love on you. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, I love that. And if you're loving Alana and you want to, if you're listening to this episode about the time it's been being released, we're going to be doing a little Instagram live together too, split screen. So you can come and join and ask some questions of her if you want to, to get notified when that's happening, you can go to at Debbie Adea on Instagram. That's my handle. And Alana, what's yours in case I want to connect with you because they can find it there too. It'll show up. Yeah. And my name, Alana Pratt, A-L-L-A-N-A-P-R-A-T-T. -A -A -T -T. Perfect. And if you want to join our Facebook group, we started a new community on Facebook. It's at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the pod tribe. We'd love to have you be a part of the pod tribe. Thanks so much for listening in. And Alana, I have to say every conversation I have with you is one of the most delightful ones I've had in like months. So 
Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for being here. I love you. I love you too. You. I can't wait till you're back here so we can go play. <laughs> we will very shortly out on the water. You bet. You and me. Oceanside. It's Woo. on. Okay. It's on. <laughs> and thank you for joining us today. We hope you got a lot out of today's conversation as we talk about, we go through with an in intimacy through with an in podcasting. And uh, if you're new or returning to the show, not yet subscribed, please subscribe to receive the latest episodes as they're released. And if you love what you heard today, we always love a great review too. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll see you next time on Podcasters on Purpose. Hey there, have you been wanting to start your own podcast, but not been sure what type of equipment to use? Well, I got you covered. If you'd like to get a free podcast studio equipment recommendations guide, you can go to podcastingonpurpose.com. Thanks so much for joining in the conversation today. We will see you next time on Podcast on Purpose.